year. Doesn't it feel like forever? Man, the difference in one year and two years is a big difference, isn't it? How many of you uh, were here at the real event two years ago? Raise your hand, nice and high. Okay, how many of you, it's your first real event? Raise your hand, nice and high. Wow, awesome, awesome. How many of you um, do not attend Glad Tidings? You're here from another church, raise your hand. Very nice, welcome. Glad you're here. That's amazing. Well, um, it is a really special event, and for a lot of reasons, I'm going to talk about that um, uh, in a little bit here, expand on that a little bit, but I, am, I really, really am so glad you're here. I don't know if I can communicate it like in a real enough way or with enough emphasis, you know, to say I'm glad you're here, but I just think it's a really big deal. I know you're busy. I know there's a lot of pressures in life. I know that there's a lot of uh, churches. I know there's a lot of services. I know there's a lot of, you know, sermons on YouTube and everything else. And yet you chose to be here. And I think that that's amazing. And I know that God is going to reward that. And I have no question in my mind that um, he's going to meet us here this weekend. I really, um, I really believe that I'm not just um, spitballing on that. Real quick, though, I had uh, wanted to just acknowledge someone that's in the room here today that got married in this church on this day 33 years ago. Today is her husband called today. It's Carol Hoard. Is she here? Carol, are you here? She's over there. Stand up, Carol. Come on. She's very quiet. First of all, she's at the same church 33 years later. Somebody say, come on. That's from your husband, 33 roses. How cool is that? So there are a lot of reasons that that's amazing and remarkable, but we honor you and we're so glad that you're here, even on your 33rd wedding anniversary. So anyway, um, I just wanted to um, talk real quick just about the weekend in general. Um, Naomi did a great job highlighting the packet. That brochure in there covers everything you're going to need for the weekend. All the sessions are going to keep moving and they're going to all be different. And so we try to put information in that packet so that you know um, what the what the uh, workshop and stuff is about so you know what one will be most interesting to you or potentially meet your your own needs in your life the most so look it over and make decisions ahead of time and um, it's a really cool day on Saturday so even if you aren't registered for tomorrow you can still come and um, check those things out we'll get as many of the things if you can't make tomorrow we'll get as much as we can online but we can't get all of the workshops online so can I can you give me a water Tony I'm sorry I'm so high maintenance. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. So anyway, um, we'll get as much of them as we can online. All the main sessions will be online, and it will go all the way through Sunday service. Sunday services, I'll do the last message, but it will be on the same theme related to real rest. Now, um, just for, especially for those of you, since there's so many newcomers, um, I just want to say, uh, I just want to, um, I don't know, just kind of put out there that... Um, when we talk about topics at our women's events, and this is why I think they're so special and meaningful and transformative in women's lives, um, we really do our best to be very real and honest about, about everything we say. I, I sometimes feel like it's almost a fault I have. I mean, it's not a fault to, you know, to be honest, but to, sometimes I feel like I'm almost too honest to say too much. But I just, um, it's just my personality or what I believe God has asked of me personally, just that I can never, I never want to lie to you about any topic that we talk about. When we've talked about sexuality, when we've talked uh, talked about God, what we believe about him, I mean, just everything. And so um, this weekend is no exception to that. And rest, you know, this topic, um, it, people talk about it all the time, all different places, your doctor, you know, your therapist, I mean, all sorts, you know, magazines or Oprah or whoever, whomever, um, will talk about different things with rest. And we're attempting to tackle that this weekend from a Christian perspective. And I'm, I would never, from the very beginning, I want to make it clear that, um, uh, 
rest is not equal to relaxation. And we're never going to be able to get a break from our lives in a true sense. And the more that we're searching for that, the unhappier we're going to get. It's really um, weird how that is, how we have this longing for rest, and yet it's in some ways unattainable. And you can't, unless you become a monk or something like that, you can never completely disengage from everything. You know, you can't become unmarried. You can't put babies back into your belly and to try to keep things like more relaxing for your life, you know? And, um, and so the question then becomes is what does rest mean as a believer? What did Jesus say we could expect from rest and what can't we? And then how do we practically flesh that out? And so that's what we're always trying to get at towards our real event is first, what does God say about it? What's the honest truth about this topic? And then how do we live it out? Because if we just talk about it, you know, tonight, that is not going to help you next week. What we need is real transformation. We need truth and we need to be able to apply it to our lives so that God can be transforming us and changing us. Right? Somebody say amen. So I'm going to like, as always, I'm going to try to shoot as straight as possible to you. I promise, promise you I'll do that. So if you don't like it, then you don't have to come back tomorrow, right? No, come back tomorrow because there's some other speakers at the workshops. Um, but anyway, um, I was just going to say, you know, relaxing is temporary, but God designed resting to be permanent. So what he has designed for us is something that can last, not just for tonight and not just for tomorrow, but for our real everyday ordinary lives. I just want to address one other thing and then I'm going to, uh, sorry, I have so many introductory things. I always feel that way on Friday nights. Um, I wanted to address the fact that I am trembling and shaking. Everybody's been asking me about it, noticing about that, and I decided that um, I should just come right out and just address it so you guys stop worrying or thinking that I'm nervous. I've never been nervous when I speak, and all of a sudden I'm nervous. Nope, that's not it. And or have Parkinson's. Nope, that's not it. So I'm fine. It's actually a side effect to a me- from a medication I'm taking. And so that's what it is. It's nothing to worry about. And sometimes it comes and goes, and I might... Sh- shake a little bit sometimes not other times but i don't want you to worry about it and so that's part of me being real with you okay so now i have two doctors i've got my awesome competent medical doctor on earth and then i've also got my heavenly father doctor so i don't need two thousand extra doctors okay <laughs> so if any of you if any of you have anything that you any medical advice personal advice that you'd like to give tony will be taking those on the front pew throughout the weekend. I am not available. Okay. All right. So anyway, let's pray real quick. God, we give tonight to you. We give this weekend to you. I thank you for every single person, every woman here. I thank you know that you know what they need. I thank you that you're able and willing and desire to meet there, meet them this weekend. We give tonight to you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So, um, I think that, um, my message might be a little different than you expected tonight, but here we go. Organization is not the same as rest. Did you know that exercise is not the same as rest. Removing things from your schedule is not the same as rest. Did you know that I've tried so many times? How about you? Yeah. Um, controlling your kids is not the same as rest. Uh, getting a different job so you earn more money does not help in the rest department. We will never be able to achieve a complete absence of stress in our lives. And in fact, there was stress in the Bible right from the book of Genesis. God um, had Adam and Eve working in the garden. Right away they had to work. After the fall, it got harder and more stressful, but they still had to do it. So our goal is not the absence of stress but the, um, the channeling in a godly way of that. Now, um, and Jesus does a great job of teaching that, and we're going to look into that tonight. But I have, you know, I just a, just a few weeks ago, um, maybe right after Christmas, I was walking through Walmart grocery shopping, and um, I realized I was like in the deodorant section or something, and I always get the wrong kind of deodorant for my boys. I always get the gel instead of the white, you know, and they don't like it, and... Anyway, those things are like four bucks. Anyway, so I was, and I realized as I was pushing my cart through Walmart that I was like getting stressed out about grocery shopping. It was like, I only had 30 minutes. I had to get in, get out and have anything for dinner. And I was like, what is my life come to where I'm actually stressed out 
pushing my cart through the deodorant aisle at Walmart. You know, this is pathetic. I was like, man alive. I, I have this um, thing, and I know all of you guys have the same thing, where it's just you're doing too many things, the whole multitasking thing, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I mean, I do that all the time. The, we had our kitchen... Um, we, we live like in a 60 year old house. It's not big, but it's old and things are starting to break and we're starting to repair things as we go along. So anyway, so we, um, fixed up our kitchen and we like put a new countertop, painted the cabinets and I got a gas stove. And so these good friends of ours, they're like really into decorating their house and stuff like that. So they want, they, you know, we invited them to come over. Well, they're coming over for lunch on Sunday. Okay. So, uh, so I decide I'm going to have tacos I know I am not the food network. All right. Just, just tell Tony about that later too. Okay. So we're, I'm going to have tacos, but it's company. So I want to like step it up, you know, have like my tacos better or something, you know? So I get, I'm going to like make salsa and I'm going to make guacamole and, you know, kind of try to make my tacos good. So anyway, so uh, I go to do, to cook during the third service and these guys come over and are going to just visit with me until Walt and the kids get home. So anyway, so it's during the third service and I'm like doing things, you know, I got like burners going on my new gas stove. I got my black beans and you know, my meat and stuff like that. And, and I'm like trying to cut these cherry tomatoes that I bought cause they're like really nice, you know, and, uh, so, and make guacamole. So I'm, and I'm frying, uh, some taco shells and also warming up some other taco shells. My entire stove is full, you know, with pans, you know, and, um, so anyway, so I'm making guacamole, but I'm also got these taco shells going and, and Mike says to me very calmly, he said, I think your stove is on fire. And I look back, you know, my, my kitchen's about three weeks old, mind you. Okay. And so, um, so I said, I look back, I'm like, oh my goodness, it is on fire. You know? So I go over and what had happened was the paper towel that my fried tortillas were going on had gotten under the burner and had caught fire. So anyway, so Sam, my son is always having to rescue me from all my problems, comes into the kitchen. He grabs the paper towel with tongs, throws it into the sink and runs water on it. And the flame gets bigger because there's oil on the paper towel. And he said, mom, where is, why isn't this going out? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, don't we have a fire extinguisher? I said, it's under the sink behind all the cleaning supplies we never use. And, and so anyway, so he finally gets that. Well, while Sam is getting the one fire out, my, my tortillas that are just warming catch fire because I've ignored them so long. So now I have two sets of tortillas um, burning in my kitchen. You know, the smoke alarm goes off. My St. Bernard dog who uh, dogs don't like those high pitched noise, but my smoke alarm has gone off so many times that now she just yawns and get off the couch and goes to the far corner of the main floor, you know, like, and, and so she's not even phased by it. So anyway, we get those, those fires taken care of, um, somewhat. And, uh, and I get it honestly, because my dad honestly set our kitchen on fire two times. And in fact, the, the second time he caught the kitchen on fire, he caught him on, caught on fire, um, making popcorn with oil, you know, like old fashioned and, and the flames would go up. And the second time we just replaced the cabinets with just plain wood. No need to go all out. It's just going to get caught on fire again. So anyway, so Walt comes home from church after the third service and, um, and Sam is like, Mom caught the kitchen on fire. <laughs> and Walt was like, looks okay to me. <laughs> he just moved on. He's so used to me doing stuff like that. So anyway, but the other day he came out and he said, or in the morning when I came out, he said, Carrie, you left the burner on all night. I said, well, it's such a small little burner. <laughs> Those tiny little ones. And, and he said, this is a knob and what you do is you just turn it when you're done. 
So, um, obviously, I've got my issues with trying to do too many things at once. Um, a couple weekends ago, too, I um, just at the last minute, like, met up with my best friend in Kansas City. She lives in St. Louis, and so it was a halfway meeting point, just real spur-of-the-moment thing. We got a hotel on Expedia for $50 a night. Not each total, so $25 per person for us per night. Now, it was not the Ritz-Carlton... So uh, we get there and, you know, it's kind of, but, you know, I'm from Detroit and she's from New York City. So we're like, we're fine. We can handle this, you know. And, um, and so anyway, um, I went down to get something at some point that I forgot. And I forgot many, many things for, for that trip. Um, but I went down in the van, went up, you know, into bed. We put our tarps down over the mattresses. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> And so anyway, anyway, so um, I go out in the morning to the van and my van and both of the sliding doors are wide open. And the criminals couldn't find a single thing to like strip out of that bad boy, you know? I was like, I was giving them every opportunity and they didn't take it. And, and so, um, you know, we, we weren't worried about the criminals. We thought we could just put a, um, a, a lighter to the smoke detector in the, in the hotel room. Do you think that's a good idea? You guys are not responding. So next, next year at the real event, I'll just say, instead of saying, don't worry about me shaking, I'll just say, don't worry about that picture you saw in the Omaha World Herald of the pastor's wife that, you know, like started a fire in a seedy hotel room in Kansas City. I don't know how I get myself in these situations, but, you know, that trip, even with um, Catherine, was in a way to try to escape. Like, let's get away. We're too busy. We're stressed out. Let's, let's get away, you know. And what did it do? It, cre- it created additional stress. Um, unless my van had gotten stolen, then that would have been a positive stress. <laughs> but... Um, you know, so we all have all these things going on and it, it feels like unique to us, but I don't know about you, but I get tired of saying, and I've said this to my friends, I don't even like to say, when people say, how are you? I, I don't even like to say, I'm busy, I'm busy. I feel like that's all I'm saying. I'm busy, I'm busy. I don't, I get tired of hearing myself say that. It's like when you're pregnant and people ask you how you're feeling and you just don't want them to ask you because all it is, I feel bad, I feel bad, I feel bad, you know? <laughs> It's like, you know, so that's the way it feels sometimes in terms of our life and our schedule and what we're doing. I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed out, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, Jesus uh, addressed this. This is actually, we're going to have in our, your packet is a bookmark that has our verses we're going to be talking about for the whole weekend. And we're going to, I'm going to introduce them tonight. But these verses, I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow when I speak in the afternoon. But um, these verses are probably my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And they've been special verses to me since I was in high school. They were some of the first verses I felt like God made alive to me. Um, in terms of God wanting to help my everyday ordinary life. And, um, and so anyway, these are the verses we're going to use. But I want us to start. Um, we're not going to start with the translation on the bookmark. I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. The translation is like a word-for-word word thing from the manuscripts in the Bible. And then a paraphrase is like in your own words. So what you have on the bookmark is like the in your own words in modern-day words. But it's not like an exact translation. So we're going to first read it in the exact translation. And then we're going to read in this translation. And then we're going to dive in. Can you put those up, guys? Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. That's the translation of the New Living Translation of word for word what Jesus said. Now we're going to look at it in the message paraphrase which is taking those verses and putting it in a modern day with a modern day spin um and this is what's on your bookmark and we're going to really dive into this tonight are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me get away with me and you'll recover your life very strong words recover your life 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. That's our theme. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Do you have your bookmark out? Okay, we're going we're gonna to use it. Now, I want to just talk about real quick leading up to these verses. And you can just leave those up there. Now, Jesus, what happened is Jesus was born. Around 30 years of age, he comes out with his public ministry. It's like he started being a pastor, sort of. And uh, he um, starts with the Sermon on the Mount. It's like the greatest sermon ever preached. It's the most powerful sermon ever preached. And he, like, takes on everything. He's like, this is this way. The kingdom of heaven is this way. It's supposed to be this way. And, I mean, he addressed all these heavy-hitting things and money and all these things that were very sensitive and very offensive and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus, so Jesus came out and said this to everybody. Then he goes on and starts doing things. He heals people and stuff you know about that Jesus did. Then what happened is, is he called his disciples and he said to his disciples, what I want you to do is what a lot of you, if you're believers here, um, are called to do. He went to his disciples and he said, he said, I'm going to lay my hands on you and you're going to go out and start basically talking about me, ministering to people and stuff like that. So the disciples, pretty quick there, all of a sudden, it was like from zero to 100, and they went from like, wow, Jesus is somebody special here, to go out and start doing stuff for the kingdom, right? And then a few, just a couple chapters later, is when these verses come on the scene. Because what's happening is the disciples and the people that are following Jesus are starting to try to live this thing out, just like you guys are, and I am, trying to live this thing out. And when you do that, you start hitting walls sometimes. And you start feeling like, I'm tired. I don't want to go serve in the nursery again. I don't want to be nice to this mean person at work. I don't want to be nice to my mean husband. I don't want to, you know, stay single and not lust after people. I mean, it's just like, it's harder that way, right? It it can feel that way. Right. And so it, thank you, Naomi. And so anyway, and so anyway, at that point is when Jesus says this. Okay. So this is what he says, thinking about everybody's feeling pressured and stressed out and they're not stressed out just about bad things. They're stressed out about good things. Just like a lot of us are. It's like you can be stressed out from having an affair and juggling that and keeping that quiet. And you can be stressed out from, you know, trying to be a good mom. I mean, they're both stressed, you know, good and bad or whatever. So anyway, this is what Jesus says. And he says, first of all, just notice that Jesus is aware that his disciples are feeling this way. He realizes that and they don't have to say anything. He's like, are you tired, worn out? burned out on religion. And I I just real quick, religion is in this paraphrase and it's not talking about burned out on like Jesus or on, you know, God or anything like that. It's talking about the weight of religion in those days where you have to like do this this way and do this this way. And so that's what the, I'm not going to land on that, but just so you know that. But anyway, so the, the pressures to act a certain way, be a certain way, do a certain thing or whatever. And then he says, so are you this way? And then he tells you, this is what you should do. And this is what we're going to focus on this weekend, because if this is how we are, and this is what the Bible says straight up, you know, and it's, then I think that this is where we should start when we're trying to figure out how to not be tired, worn out, or burned out in our lives. So this is what Jesus says. He says, The reality of the feeling, I'm going to put these things up. I need to get my thing, my little stylus. Um, I want you to get out your um, journals, by the way, and also your bookmark. And we're going to, we're going to go through this. Oh man, here it is. See, this is, I'm not even going to use that as an example, but you get, you get the idea. I'd have just like thrown in. I have a pencil case in there, but did I use it? Absolutely not. Okay. So, so when we, um, I just want to show you from the, so when I'm looking at this, when I'm looking at a verse like this, I want to show you how I look at it. Um, I'm just going to mark it a little bit up in here. Okay. So let's just say, are you tired? Warm or burn up? Let's circle all the words and you can do this with your pen on your bookmark of what the action words of what you're supposed to do are 
in this in these verses ready are you tired worn out burned out on religion what do you do come come to me and then what else get away and you'll recover your life i'll show you how to take a real rest then what walk with me and what else and what else watch and what else learn and i won't lay anything heavy let me see if i can find it on you and you'll learn to live freely in light so look at those words right there oh i want to do keep company too because that's see if i can figure this out i can't get it but you guys you guys know what i mean circle keep company and and that will um that'll be your last one there now what do you notice about these words that were circled about the instructions jesus is giving what are they they're action words doesn't that seem counterintuitive when you're talking about resting worn out burned out tired doesn't it seem strange that jesus would tell them to do things walk with me work with me watch how i learn it isn't that very interesting what might somebody in the world or a friend or whatever or just your natural instinct of what we've heard our whole life what would words be that we would use instead of those words if we're tired worn out or burned out what sleep what else stop relax Netflix <laughs> exercise breathe what else eat massage isolate take care of yourself chocolate coffee no wonder I've been drinking like 17 coffees a day I'm trying to like self-soothe huh go to kansas city with your friend thank you so much <laughs> keeping it real yeah absolutely stop setting the house on fire okay that's isn't that interesting it's not what we typically think of and also it, it doesn't really have any um like feeling about emptying out which you hear a lot of like in in the world and other religions you'll hear like you need to empty things out you know and just like purge it out sweat lodge or something like that which is fine and once again i'm not saying that any of those things that we've just talked about are wrong i'm not saying about any that any of those things are wrong i'm just talking about what this passage talks about rest and there's nothing wrong with relaxing there's nothing wrong with exercise there's nothing wrong with you know getting a massage or anything like that that's not at all what i'm saying i'm saying that um i'm challenging and i'm asking us to ask the question of what did jesus say the ultimate solution would be when we're tired stressed out and burned out which is a lot of our lives i think um and i wonder if you do too now i want you to see what the what jesus says the solutions will be if we do this he says come to me get away with me and what you'll recover your life those are strong words do you see that you'll recover your life i'll show you how to take a what real rest and see even like the showing how to take maybe what you know maybe god shows you that um this weekend you need to get a massage or you need to drink a coffee or something like that but you see what i'm saying where where are you looking for the solution are, is the solution source coffee or is the solution source god directing you and learning from him what you need to experience that rest it's powerful let's see what else so it says you'll recover your life i mean just that phrase i mean think about that for you if you were to say i want to recover my life what does that mean for you what does that look like for you and and jesus says 
If you come to me and get away with me, you'll recover your life. Wow. Now, that's exactly what we're doing this weekend, by the way, setting aside these days and this time. We're coming to him and getting away because we know sometimes you have to get away so that you can think about your life and what you're really doing and why you're doing it. Anyway, so let's see what else. So we have real recover your life, real rest. What else? What else does Jesus say he'll, will happen? You'll learn to live freely and lightly. Sorry about this. It's not exact. You'll learn to live freely and lightly, and you'll recover your life. Now, let's think about, I want to put something else up here. I'm sorry, I'm doing this instead of doing a, um, a different style illustration because I want you to put it in your, I wanted to, you to put it in your journal because we're going to seriously focus on application here. So this is what, this is what we have. I want you to put three columns in there. Reality, your current reality, which is how I'm feeling. And you can just turn your journal sideways if you want to. The action of what Jesus says to do. And the result of what Jesus says, I'll feel. Now, I wrote in here, and you can do this. I wrote in the words that we already circled. The reality is, and this is just going to really block it off, that this is the reality. If you're tired, worn out, or burned out. You see that? And then under action, these are all the words directly from that passage, the paraphrase of that passage. What you need to do, come, get away, walk, work, watch, learn, keep company. And the result of, I, under reality, that's me. Action, that's me. That's what I'm responsible for doing right here. So the reality, this is how I am feeling right here. And the action is, this is what I am, God is, or Jesus is asking me to do. And then this is what Jesus does. He produces these things, real rest, nothing heavy or ill-fitting, freely and lightly recovering your life. Now, we're going to do this later on in the altar where we're going to go through and look at that and kind of just identify for ourselves. But think about this verse. This is a practical, this is a passage in the Bible, and we have just made it practical, and it doesn't get any more practical for real rest than this. How are we feeling? What is Jesus asking me to do about it? And this is the result that he promises as a result of that. And noticing like you already you guys already said that the middle section is surprisingly focused on action my theory on that is because when i do nothing a lot of times that is when i go down 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 if say you're depressed and you're here tonight if you had chosen to stay home tonight what would you be doing at home tonight You'd be eating, you'd be watching TV, you'd be feeling probably more, you'd probably feel more and more despair than you did at the beginning of the night. But you came, I'm, this isn't, I'm just using this as an example, you came, you had the action of coming here, and in that process of coming here, Jesus meets you and helps provide rest for you. You see? So what you can think might be, well, this is going to be more relaxing, might end up doing just the opposite. Whereas coming and getting away and walking and working and watching and learning, can, if learning how Jesus operates can actually create more rest in your life than doing nothing, which is very surprising, isn't it? And it's almost counterintuitive because the busy we're, busier we are and the more stressed out we are, what do we want to do? We want to escape. Yeah, we want to escape. Yeah. But Jesus d- does say come and get away because it's, it's a pretty important part for us to be away from the world and the things that are stressing us out. But if we don't come to the right thing or to the right person, you know, if you come away to watching The Bachelor, 
then what you're going to start thinking is what will help me feel better and less stressed out and less burned out is if I have a handsome boyfriend or if I, you know, make money on a reality television show or something like that. Seriously. Don't you, haven't you ever watched a TV show where there's like somebody successful, like a doctor or lawyer or something, and you watch a show and you're just like, man, if I had been a doctor, my life would have been awesome. <laughs> right? That's not reality, right? But that TV show feels like reality, right? Can you guys say yeah louder because I'm not, are you, are you picking up what I'm laying down? That was really loud. Thank you very much. Okay, so anyway, um, so it's just very interesting to think about. We're going to step back from this. I want to explain this another way, okay? This is called, this is the other illustration that you can do in your, um, in your thing, but you don't have to do all your circles right now. Just do a box. This is called, this is my, um, my idea. Don't hate me, okay? <laughs> just be glad there's not tape on the ground right now, Okay. Um, so this is called what I call coping circles. And this is you. Okay. That box is you. It's your mind. It's your life. It's, um, you know, just everything going on. It's, it's, it's the capacity you have. It's the capacity you have to handle a certain amount of things. Okay. Like, so for example, I do not have the capacity to make guacamole, make a salsa, and cook two different types of tortillas at the same time, okay? That is beyond my coping circles. Now, anyway, um, so this is your capacity. Now, um, what happens is, okay, say you have, so you have your life, right? And I'm going to try for this not to be a distraction, but to be helpful. Say you have, um, you have a, um, you're contemplating having an affair in your, in your life, okay? There's a person at work. And, um, and you're contemplating having an affair. And I, I have met with somebody recently who has had this guy at work that has been actively, aggressively pursuing her at work for like, I think it's been six or seven years and he's married and she's married. And of course he's handsome. He's nice, rich, all those things, of course. So, um, this is taking up this, this many coping circles in, in this person's mind, okay? And then um, this is from, uh, I got a list of different things I want to use here. This is from um, your, uh, your credit card bill is a little higher than you'd like. And it's stressing you out, okay? So that doesn't take up as many, but it, it does take... That's taking that many coping circles, okay? And then you have... Um, you have a... Um, uh, you got in a car accident and you... You know, your car is broken and you don't have transportation, now, like, say you're an immigrant or something like that. Some of your things might be like you're, you're trying to get your family into the country. You can't get your visa. You know what I'm saying? And, and for somebody with those types of things, that's taking, up, that's taking up all their coping circles over here. And so they might not care as much about, you know, what brand of black beans to buy at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so anyway... Um, so then there might be like your kids are, your kids are, have bad grades, you know, and you're getting a call from the teachers or something like that. And then you might have, you might have, um, like, uh, like, uh, might just have a temperament that's very prone to anxiety and you just, you just have a lot of anxiety. You worry a lot. It takes up a lot of your time, energy, that sort of thing. Um, and then. Okay, and then, so let's see, uh, you maybe you have, uh, you're overweight, and, and your weight really bothers you, um, and you can see, or maybe this is your weight, you see what I'm saying, it's taking up more coping circles, it's stressing you out, do you see how there's these different things, and then you might have like, um, 
You might have, let's see, I don't know what other color I can use here. Okay, I don't know if that's a good one. But anyway, so then you, you have these other things too. Like you have, um, you have uh, the dog. You have that you're, you forgot to do your license plates, right? You get, you get a speeding ticket, you know, or something like that. And then, or, or you might have, um, you know, just smaller things like having a bad hair day, you know, right there or something like that. Um, so all these small things and big things, but they're taking up your coping circles. You only have a finite number of coping circles in your life. So like for a season of your life, um, I'm just going to make this messy real quick and then we'll go back to a clean one. But say for a season of your life, this might be taking up half of your coping circles if you're in a lot of debt. Or you might be going through a divorce and that might be taking up practically everything of your coping circles. You tracking with me? And it's very, it's very personal. You can't say, well, I'm sorry. That's a stupid thing to, um, you know, to use up your coping circles on a bad hair day. Well, it's her coping circles. You know, just let her have them herself, you know. Okay. Thank you, Naomi. I'm going to just set you up on the platform next time. So you can just like talk to me constantly and be like, that's awesome, Carrie. And I'm going to be, thank you very much. Okay. So anyway, um, so anyway, so this is the way it is. Now, this is an example of what happened. Um, not these same things, but the same concept. But then what happens is if you have something else that happens in your life, right? And you have like, uh, anything, it could be a big thing or it could be a small thing. Um, if you have a, a, something else that happens in your life and you have all of your coping circles filled up, then what do you do? What happens? Mm-hmm. A couple Christmases ago, I was super stressed out because of like school and papers. And I had this like Nazi professor. I'm not even joking. And, um, just really, really mean. It's like, if you don't, if you get below an 80%, you have to retake the class. It was a statistics class. It was just a brutal, brutal class. Anyway, it was super stressful. There are other things going on. It was just a very stressful season. And, um, on Christmas day, uh, it was just our family and I, um, made scrambled eggs for breakfast. And when we sat down to eat the scrambled eggs, my son said, one of my sons said, these are kind of runny, right? Now, how many think that there's anything wrong with saying that the scrambled eggs are kind of runny? Nothing's wrong with saying that. And they were kind of runny. I mean, he wasn't lying, you know? So, but then what happened was, is this happened. This happened trying to go in to my coping circles and I had no coping circles left. I had no coping circles left. And so when my son said, your scrambled eggs are runny, I burst into tears. I went into our bedroom. I am not joking. I cried for 30 minutes and I don't even, I'm not really a crier. And the whole time I was thinking when I was crying about the runny scrambled eggs, I was thinking, I have got to gain my, regain my composure. This is ridiculous. You know, and I was thinking my kids are sitting there in the living room. They're waiting for me to stop crying so we can go out and open the presents. I mean, the, the kids are literally, why are you laughing? This is like a tragic moment. My kids are scarred. Do you remember the Christmas with the scrambled eggs? <laughs> but anyway, I, I was like thinking to myself, I have to regain my composure. I have to regain my composure. This is ridiculous. I knew it was ridiculous to be having a breakdown about scrambled eggs. Um, but I could, I mean, it, I was like, the kids are waiting to open presents. I could not stop crying and it was completely irrational, but it was this, I had no coping circles left. 
And then it didn't matter if you don't have any coping circles left. It doesn't matter whether you, you know, um, get the wrong kind of canned beans. You get like Julian cut instead of like straight cut or if you get breast cancer. It doesn't matter. If your coping circles are used up, they're used up. And that is the point when we say, I have nothing left. I have nothing left. I am burned out. I am worn out. I am tired. I am looking for rest. We can even spend a lot of time in here. We can spend a lot of time in here. I'm sorry, this is a lot of time in here looking for rest. There's a lot of us that spend a lot of time, a lot of coping circles searching for rest. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to talk to this person. I'm going to follow this diet. I'm going to, you know, watch this uh, preacher on television. I'm going to read this book. You see what I'm saying? And even the, the desire or the... Um, the um, whatever the, the use of energy of mental energy, emotional, spiritual energy to try to get the rest actually is uses up coping circles when they're false, when they're, when they're not God's plan. You know, when God leads you, when he walks with you, like those words we saw, you know, learn and walk and all this ongoing thing. It doesn't say when you're 40, you've learned it all, you know, and then you can just like your coping circles will just take care of themselves, you know. Uh, it's not like that. It's this ongoing process that Jesus had with his disciples of learning, um, walking, um, and all this kind of stuff where they learned how to rest. But this, if you think about this with your life, think about your life and your situation and your ability to cope, your ability to not be stressed out, worn out, tired, whatever. And think about this. Um, I think I have a clean one again here. And you can put just a, you can just put a box in uh, empty box, we'll do we'll uh, do this during the altar time too. Just a second, I'm going to put up a blank one. So anyway, goodness sakes, this is like see, this is using up my coping circles, <laughs> and I already had to use up so many about telling you about my shaking. <laughs> okay, but see, when I told you about my shaking, I'm sorry. When I told you about my shaking, do you see how that? freed up my coping circles. You see that? That's a, that's a way that, that, um, God helps us learn in realness, real rest. It's powerful. Anyway, it, it's, it takes a lot of coping circles to be fake. And I, I don't mean that as If you have a spouse that wants you to be um, look a certain way, um, that can take a lot of coping circles. If they don't like it, if you gain weight or if you don't do your makeup or something like that, it takes a lot of coping circles. There's a lot of things in life that are different now. So here's okay. So so here's the coping circles. Oh, I here's another one I wrote in. So this is what are we going to have for dinner? Um, guilt over the past. I had an abortion. I got a divorce. I lied to my boss. I stole some money. Um, I wasn't a good enough Christian. Um, I uh, didn't. Uh, I didn't make the right decision. I, I gave away my virginity. I married the wrong person. Um, you know things like that. I missed out on marrying the person, and now I'm single. Or, you know, anyway, you get the point. So um, having a dirty house, you know, some people, you know, and it's, and we can't, you know, judge for lack of a better word, other people. It's like some people, a dirty house really stresses them out. And I, on the other hand, don't have that problem, <laughs> but because I have to use up all my coping circles on other things <laughs> like burning my house down. <laughs> but the point is, is that they're your 
your coping circles and they're your things that bother you. And it's only Jesus's help. It's only Jesus's help by walking, learning, coming, getting away, all those things that start teaching us to reframe. Now, the worship team can come. I want to show you something. I want you to write in your journal a box and write coping circles equal 100. And that's just like assuming it's 100%, but you don't have to actually do that. And you don't have to actually have to write the coping circles if you want. But during the altar time, I want you guys to, um, I want you to think about that. But here's what happens. Okay, here's what happens when with these things that Jesus is going to do, right? So Jesus says, come away, get away. What happens is, is when, so here's us, here's our coping circles. Are you guys proud of me for trying to do something like with so much technology? Okay, thank you. Some of you are like, no, that's using up my coping circles. Just get on with it, sister. Okay. (laughs) I can't get it in. And you're like, it's using up my coping circles. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what happens is, is when Jesus says, he says, we read through the verse that says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? What does he say? He says, come to me. We're going to focus on the first part of this verse. If you get out your bookmark, it says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. This is what we're going to do tonight, okay? This is going to be the rest of the night, and we're going to work through this. Come to me and get away with me. So say this is us, and this is our coping circles. Jesus says, this is the spiritual reality. He says, come away with me. I understand all of these coping circles. I understand what's going on here. I notice in, in the, if you look at these words, I don't know if, if you have it in your journal, it says, come, get away, work, uh, walk, watch, learn, keep company. He doesn't say, change, fix, I don't like, you see? The words are more like leading by example, like, hey, let me show you. It'd be like, it'd be like when somebody, um, you know, taught me how to, there's been so many things that people taught me how to do, but anyway, uh, taught me how to uh, tie a shoe. You know, you say here, let me show you how to tie a shoe. You don't say that's bad that you don't know how to tie a shoe. I can't believe that you don't, I can't believe you're not coordinated enough to tie a shoe. You see, that's not what Jesus does. He says, come to me, get away with me, watch, learn. You see, And you'll learn how to experience real rest. Wow. So what Jesus says is he says, see, okay, you come, come to me, learn from me. This is what we got. Okay, Jesus, this is what we got. This is what we're dealing with right here. Okay. Now, some of these things might be sin. Other things might not be sin. You know, it's like, is a dirty house a sin? You know, only if you've, like, received a direct command from Jesus Christ that you need to mop your floor and you, in disobedience, didn't. But by and large, that's like a personality thing or whatever. Um, but anyway, so Jesus take, comes in and he says, learn from me. Watch what I have. All these things, right? And then he says, um, we're saying, come, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. That's what he says. He'll recover your life. So if this is your life, just theoretically, say he says you'll recover your life. And so this is what will happen. Jesus will say, you know, you'll be at the altar. You'll be like, you know, singing a worship song or whatever. And, And you don't even really know why. You know, there's no explanation for why those words can make you less stressed out. You know, I don't understand that. Um, and I'm a thinker kind of person. And sometimes, you know, I used to try to figure that out and I have stopped trying to figure it out because Jesus said to fix your eyes on him, get away with him, all these kinds of things. And what happens is, is, okay. So he says this, you have this, a a fair decision that's taking up um, a, a quarter of your coping circles of your life. He says, just learn from me. I can help you. Just walk with me. You know, 
and you begin to do this and sometimes it doesn't even make sense like in your head like there's no reason like you're not memorizing something out of a book or anything like that it's like just being in god's presence it's hanging out things like this weekend where when we like after i finish speaking you just sit there and you just have your journal and you just listen to the worship song you just write something that comes to your mind about what to do that that's do you know that that's how god speaks most of the time Because this is why. This is why. Look. Because this is what happens when we come to him. He has this whole thing. All of you in his hands, in his mind. He knows all these things. He understands that your affair decision is taking 25% of your coping circles. He understands that you have credit card debt. And he understands that you want to lose 35 pounds. And he understands that you feel extremely guilty over... um, over this thing that happened when you were a sophomore in high school and then you also feel guilty for not feeling guilty about having an abortion you see he he knows he knows all these things and so he takes these things and supernaturally as we're doing what he says which is action but it's also not judgmental action you know walk work watch me learn keep company from with me you know how when you're around people you keep company with them you just kind of get to know them and sometimes they rub off on you it's really crazy isn't it like tony and i went i can't remember where i think we went to des moines or something like that and and in the hotel room she used caress soap and she left in the shower and i used it sorry That's going to take up some of Tony's coping circles. (laughs) Keeping it real. Okay. So keep company. So, but that was several years ago that we had that trip where I was first introduced to caress soap. And I have, I love the way it smelled. And ever since then I've used caress soap. So, um, you know, by keeping company with Tony, I learned about caress soap. (laughs) Hey, she's learned some good things from me too, but I'm not quite sure what they are at the moment. (laughs) So anyway, and I do by keeping company with her, you see what I'm saying? So, um, that's what happens when we're with Jesus and when we're with other women. That's why weekends like this are so incredibly important and they need to happen more than every two years, right? And it's not really this this descript thing like you can say, well, this A, B, C, and then this is why it changes. It's this thing like what Jesus is talking about. Get away, walk, work, watch, learn, keep company. And then this is what happens over time. This is what rest looks like. This is the real rest that Jesus promised in this passage. Now, you see there's still these things underneath there because you still have kids that don't get good grades and you still have money on your credit cards and you might even still be 35 pounds overweight and that guy at work might still be actively pursuing you. But what happens is is you, you experience real rest where Jesus is rest his yoke and chris is going to talk about this tomorrow his yoke then becomes our yoke and he begins to overshadow he begins to overshadow all of these things that are using up our coping circles and that's how we experience real rest it's not by removing things and trying to relax more it's about taking our life our coping circles, the things that have worn us out, stressed us out, burned us out, weighing on us, worrying us, you know, using up our coping circles. And we take that and Jesus says, come to me and get away. And that's what we're going to do. And then I will teach you. You keep company with me. You'll begin to think about this. And maybe, maybe God will say to you, maybe Jesus will say when you keep company with him, Maybe uh, he'll say, um, you know what? It doesn't matter if you're, if you're 35 pounds overweight. I couldn't care less. 
couldn't care less at all if you were if you were 35 pounds overweight and maybe that's what he'll say maybe he'll help you lose that 35 pounds so you won't have that using your coping circles who knows but he's overshadowing all of those things does that make sense now i'm glad it makes sense that's like all almost all that matters to me is that you um it makes sense and that maybe it can you can apply it to your life and it can change you now let's let's think about coping circles for a minute and then i'm going to give instructions for the altar time and it's it's only eight o'clock we have plenty of time and i'm going to walk us through in the altar time and response time what i believe the specific direction god has given me for us to take these things and put them down what god is speaking to us but here might be some things you can take on your page that you have your square for your coping circles um, and just maybe underneath it or something um, or, you know, on the side or someplace or on the page next to it or something like that. Um, um, just start writing some things that, that um, use, that you think are things using up your coping circles. Now, let me just read some to you and then then you begin begin to write. I put marriage, either a strained marriage, divorce, or regrets, maybe about who you married or what you've done since you've been married, lust, uh, an affair, a broken down car, worry about your kids, a dirty house, anxiety, offense, family drama, Some people, their family drama takes a lot of coping circles. Fighting and like... Another one, coping circles, Facebook. That can use up a lot of coping circles. Reading things that make you mad and stuff like that. The political climate in America. All the like stuff going on. That can use up a lot of coping circles, ton of coping circles. Immigration of a loved one, weight, money, your job, insecurity, your logistics of life, your licensing your vehicle, bank account, getting around, guilt either justified or unjustified, what to cook for dinner, credit card bill, or grades in school, making a difficult decision, your personality is a worrier or a fretter or OCD and just, you know, that's just like you're, you're bent that way, kind of. Addiction, runny eggs. A couple months ago when I had my hair done, it accidentally, the person made a mistake and my hair actually accidentally turned orange and purple at the same time. And she tried fixing it two times, and she couldn't get it fixed. So that took a few coping circles. <laughs> but as long as I didn't look in the mirror, you know. Um, anyway, so those are some ideas. Real quick, before we end, I want you just to write down a few things in your journal for under your coping circles. Don't do your percentages now, but just, just write just, just real quick. Don't take a lot of time. You can think more about it later. that later we'll work on that later on the altar but I just want you to get ready for that okay all right you got your main ones that come to mind okay good so what I want us to do is the very first word where when we look at the verse it says are you tired worn out burned out on religion so I'm going to assume that everyone in this room is either tired, worn out, burned out, or some form of stress of some kind. If you don't have any of those concerns, then, then you can like kind of stand in proxy for somebody that you know that does, maybe a sibling or something like that. But I'm just going to speak as if everybody does at, at this point, okay? Um, so that's the beginning of the verse. And then Jesus says what we're supposed to do first is come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life, and I'll show you how to take a real rest. 
So the very first thing we're going to do is we're, um, we're going come to come to him. But look at this. Did you guys write this in your journal? Did most of you write it? So what I wrote under, uh, it's kind of messy because I have Missy handwriting, but at that line, I drew a line and I said, me now. So what you're going to write under there in that column is how you're really feeling now. Okay. And then the next column says action me doing. And it, the first thing says what I'm going to do during real, during real. And then at the bottom, I don't know if you can see it. Um, it says me at home but we'll do that later. We're going to focus first on what we're going to do this weekend because we are going to drill into this and address this issue in our life. And we're going to do it while we have the time. And this is when we have it. So, um, okay. So during real, what we're going to do, and then the result is going to be, is going to say what the result, how I feel or how Jesus has helped me during real. And then at the bottom, it's going to be the same me at home. But what I want all of us to do to start, and the worship team is going to lead us here, instead of us sitting, what I want us to do is this very first word. We're going to start by coming, and we're going to all come, like Jesus said, and we're going to respond to him, and we're going to first come to him. And then after we do that, we're going to get away. And we're going to take some time to get away and just write some of these things down and just reflect in the journal based on what these charts are that we did. But the first thing Jesus said to do is he said, come to me. So before we do anything else, that's what I want us to do. I want us to respond by coming to him. And then it's that initial step then that will lead the way for him to begin to do the other work in our life. Okay. So let's just stand. If you would just leave your stuff right there right in your pew. If you end up wanting to come to the altar, I would encourage you just to bring your journal with you and bring your bookmark so you have the verse with you so that as God speaks to you, you have it there and you can write write stuff down. But the, before we write anything down, I want us to just respond by eating.